feel that we live with limits. These bodies we have uh, have limitations to them. Now, we like to ignore the limits and think uh, we're invincible and think we'll go on forever, but it's just not true. Uh, you can't ignore that reality very effectively for very long because sooner or later uh, <clears throat> it catches up with you. Now, some of the limits that we live with are self-imposed. You know, we can't do things because we decide we can't do them, so we don't do them. But many of them are just realities, right? <clears throat> uh, your body is limited. It gets sick. Nobody chooses to be sick. We never choose, we never choose sickness. <clears throat> but your body can get sick. You're limited in your strength. Now, some of you want to argue with me on that. Some of you want to say, no, I'm not. Uh, but the reality is, yes, you are limited in your strength. And no matter how far you develop your body and how much strength, and you can develop it, you can develop strength in it, you're still limited as far as strength is concerned. You're limited as far as speed is concerned. You need sleep. Isn't that a terrible limitation? You ever tried to go without sleep for a while? Uh, <coughs> it will drive you insane rapidly. Uh, if you go and go without sleep for long enough, you need sleep. <clears throat> you need the right fuel. You need the right food for your body to run. Your body grows old. And then ultimately, you die. Whether you like it or not. Now, I know you don't want to think about that. I know you don't want to kind of focus on that this morning. <clears throat> uh, we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on something else entirely. We're going to focus on what happens after you die as far as your body is concerned, your resurrection body is concerned. But we need to face the reality of the fact that we die. And that's the ultimate fear for us because we hate the idea of dying. We hate the idea of that separation. We hate the finality uh, of death. And we put it off as far as we possibly can. And we don't think about it. And we don't go there. And if we have to face it, we turn it around real quick and we, we start thinking about other things. We, we create all kinds of nice names for when people die. They passed on. They've gone on over to the other side. All kinds of, we have all kinds of ways of avoiding facing the reality of, no, my body's going to die. No matter what I do, my body is going to die. Uh, it's our ultimate fear. Do you know that death is not normal? Let me explain that to you. You were not created originally to die. When Adam and Eve were put in the garden, they were not created to die at all. They were created to live for eternity. Um, they were created that they would never die. And that's why for us, death is such a wrench. It's so hard because something in us says, this is not normal. This, this is not right. This is just happening, but it's, <clears throat> but it's not normal uh, as far as we're concerned. But that's because it was never intended. It was never intended that we would die. But nonetheless, we live in a world where everybody in this room ultimately will die. And Paul doesn't shy away from dealing with those hard topics. He deals with them. I want to tell you this morning the good news. You know the good news? The good news is not that you will die. But the good news is that after you die, you will get a new body. A resurrection body. And it won't have any of the problems this body has. It's going to be fixed. And it's going to stay fixed. Isn't that good news? Uh, we're going to get a body that, 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 that will last us for eternity. Uh, and it will be a body that works. I'm looking forward to that, right? Don't want to go there too quickly, but I'm looking forward to that day, all right? Okay, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to just read the first um, eight verses of that chapter, right? For we know that if our earthly houses of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. 
If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened not for what we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Do you know what? That's the ultimate positive statement of death, about death. That mortality, the life we live now, that only has a certain time, uh, and it, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. He's talking about eternal life there. Right? That, the more, that, that, that what we've got now in the here and now ultimately is going to be swallowed up of life. And if you get your head around it and begin to look at it and understand what the, what the Scripture is saying about what happens, you know what? If you begin to understand that death for the believer, at least, is not defeat, but death is victory. Because mortality gets swallowed up of life. I love the way he puts that. That mortality gets swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought for us the selfsame thing is God, who, hath, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. <clears throat> Father, would you bless your truth to us now? Help us to take it on board. Uh, help us to live in the reality of truth, Lord. And, oh, Lord, may it strike a chord in our souls that has us rejoicing in all that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, <clears throat> Paul says this, right? And I put it in Paul's words, not mine, because I want him to get the blame for it, not me, right? Paul says that your body is not you. It's just a tent. That's what tabernacle means. Tabernacle means uh, a tent, that your body is just a tent. Now, I know you ladies might get offended with that, uh, but no. What he's saying is that your body is just a temporary structure that you live in for the time being. Okay, your body is not you. Your body is just a tent. It's a tabernacle uh, that you live in. He says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, that's where you get the word tent from, were dissolved. And the word dissolved there actually has the meaning of to, to take a tent down, to strike a tent down, to take it down. And if your body, uh, if your, this, this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavenlies. Then we got something much better coming. That is, not, that is not this body that you have. Right? So he says that you're, you dying and I dying is just like taking a tent down. Because I won't die. My body will cease to be. In, in other words, I will step out of my body and into eternity, but I won't die. I, will I be gone from here? Well, yeah. But I won't die. I will still be. And, and that's, what, that's, that's what the hope of Christianity is. And it's not a hope-so hope. It's a, it's a sure hope. It's a confident hope. I know that when I leave this world, when I die, when I pass from this world, I, <clears throat> I will pass into eternity. I will leave behind this body, which you know what? I'm very happy for. It works pretty well. But you know what? It's not perfect. And I do recognize that as time goes by, it won't work as well as it does today. And by the time it's time to shed this body, I'll probably be very glad to shed it. And so will you. You'll probably be very glad to walk away from this body and leave it behind <clears throat> because you're stepping out of something and you're stepping into something better. Now, <clears throat> let me give you a couple of points on that here. Right? First of all, tents are temporary. You don't plan in living in a tent long term. You ever go on a camping trip? <clears throat> you, know, you, know, you know the most exciting thing about a camping trip? Coming home. 
<coughs> definitely, if you go camping in Ireland, the most exciting thing about a camping trip is coming home. Now, you may enjoy it. You may have fun uh, when you're out camping. But you know what? When you get back uh, with a warm home and a dry roof over your head and a cooker that you can just flick the switch on and it comes on, you know what? You're happy to be home. <clears throat> it's just a temporary thing. I remember as, as kids, we would go to Larch Hill with the Scouts, right? And we loved going. We were kids, and we just loved it. We loved all the mad mayhem and the wetness and the uh, eating raw food and everything else. We loved all that when it happened. But I tell you what, when we got home, uh, we were so happy to be home <clears throat> uh, after all of it. And, you know, here's the thing you need to understand. Your, your body is just a tent. And we just see it like that. We don't understand it like that and think about it like that. You know, we live in a generation that's very much focused on our bodies. Isn't it? You're very much focused on our bodies. Now, listen, you need to focus on your body in this, in this sense, that it's your tabernacle for the time that you live in this world, so you need to keep it healthy as best you can. But you don't focus on it like it's you, because it's not you. That's one of the problems we have in our society, that people focus on their bodies, and the, 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 the body represents who I am, and the body is me. No, the body's not you. You are on the inside of the body. So don't give your life to the body. Listen, get fit, yeah. Get fit so that you can actually live better. Don't get fit just for the sake of getting fit. Uh, <clears throat> build some strength, yeah. But build some strength because you want, you want your body to look well. Don't build some strength because of the look of you, because it's just a tent. See, don't focus on the outward only. Recognize that's important and, and deal with that well, but don't make that the issue in your life because it's not the issue in your life. Because the reality is, no matter how good it looks today, one day it's going to be dissolved. It's going to be taken down. And you are going to continue on. Isn't it foolishness for us to focus on what's on the outside? And what's on the outside doesn't last, but what's on the inside does last. <laughs> what's on the inside, my spirit, is, is something that will last. Now, so don't focus your life on it. One day you'll get a new body. And what Paul says there is it's, it's, it's different. Right? It's our earthly house of this tabernacle. We have a building of God and house. See, he, see the way he changes the words there? What he's got is he's got the picture of a tent and a house. He's got a picture of what we know to be just temporary to be for a few nights, and he's saying, no, I want you to compare that. You've got a building of God, a house not made with hands. It's eternal in the heavenlies. One day you're going to get a new body. You're going to get, get a new body that works in everything that this human body doesn't work, and it's going to be as different to the body you have today as bricks and mortar are to a tent. So understand that. that you know, <laughs> what you've got as a body is not you. It's only temporary. This is the first thing you need to understand. It's just temporary. Your body is just a tent, Paul says, right? Uh, now, secondly, though, we groan in ourselves because of being absent from the Lord. And, you know, the reality of this life is we want to be positive. We want to be upbeat. We want to look on the best side of things, and that's definitely good for you. That's what you need to do. But the reality is that we groan in ourselves, that there are those times when we would just as happily Go to be with the Lord as face the rigors and the difficulties of this life. Now, you can let that go wrong for you. You can let yourself become depressed and you can let yourself go down with that. But the truth is that though you try to keep yourself up, though you try to keep your attitude right and so on, there are times when we groan. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon uh, with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. 
And we do. You know what? That's the reality of, uh, uh, of humanity. And even in the age we live in, uh, where we focus on life, and life is all important, and life is everything, and we groan in ourselves. Long, we long for heaven. This, this, this world is called a veil of tears. And you know, listen, you can do what you like with it. There's tears in it. And we groan for heaven. We, we, we long for heaven. Uh, we grow old. And as much as we try to hide it, our bodies don't work as well as they used to. Now the young people say, yeah, that's true for you, old fogies. Uh, <clears throat> but the reality is we're all growing older. And the reality is, you know, it's just one and then the other. I remember going to my grandmother's funeral, right? <clears throat> and my Uncle Joe was there. And after he had subjected us all to numerous rosaries, right? Uh, so much so that my father actually asked him to stop, right? Which was really unusual for my dad, right? But then Joe said this to my dad. He said, Willie, you and I are next to the turnstile. Yeah, and you think, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, what, a des- what a desolate thought as you go to a funeral. But he's actually right. You know, the reality is that we're all growing old and we're all dying. And though we don't want to think about it, though we want to put us as far out as possible... It's not really wise for us because it's inevitable and it's true and it's real and it's coming. So we need to understand, you know what? It's come, we're grown. We're growing old. Um, and as we grow older, our bodies don't work as well as they used to. Ask anybody who gets old and they'll tell you that. And, you know, listen, you don't want to succumb to it and get old before your time. That's not what you want to do. But you need to recognize, you know, that's the reality. One of the graces of growing old, and by the way, <clears throat> how do you get to be uh, a nice, sweet old person? Right? Be a nice, sweet young person, and then you'll be a nice, sweet old person. If you don't deal with those things, uh, you're going to have a hard time dealing with them when you're older, <clears throat> and it's coming to all of us. And you know, <clears throat> growing old gracefully means being honest about your limitations. You know what? That's the way it is. You say, Pastor, this is depressing. I didn't want to hear this this morning. Now, hang on a minute. It's good for us to face reality. It's good for us to face... And, you know, here's the thing. You know, when you're young, you think, well, it's a long time away. It's a long... I don't have to think about it. I mean, these guys up the front, they didn't have to think about it. It's never going to happen to them. They're never going to get old. They never think about getting old because they're young and they're full of life and all the rest of them. But the truth is, it happens rather quickly. It happens much more quickly than I wanted it to happen. And, you know, there, there, there is that thing in life where it seems to go faster and faster. And so while you don't need to focus on the fact every day, oh, I'm going to die, you need to recognize the reality. I'm living in a tent that one day is going to get put down. I better be preparing for what's coming after that. Right? <clears throat> um, even when we're in full health, our bodies have a way of showing our limitations. Look Beth this week. Beth's 22 years old, and she's in full health, right? And all of a sudden, in the middle of this conference, she gets a strep throat. And she's dragging herself around. And here this one little infection has gotten into her body. And, you know, and it's affecting her and changing everything for her. Doesn't that happen to all of us? You're flying along, you're doing everything, and all of a sudden, you find yourself trying to get out of bed one morning and you just feel rotten. And you're dra- Our bodies have a way of reminding us, you know what? <clears throat> this, is, th- th- this has limitations. This thing has limitations. And we groan in it. Um, <clears throat> Paul says that the whole creation groans. The whole thing is wearing out. Uh, Romans 8.22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. 
you know, that the reality is that the, <clears throat> everything in this world is wearing out, and we are too. We are wearing out. That's the reality. And though you don't want to live there, I'm not suggesting for a moment that you live there, you better clock it as the reality and understand that what you've got now is temporary and use it to the full for him. Don't focus on this. Don't focus on this body. Don't make that you know, <clears throat> what you spend your life working on. You know, you spend your life building your muscles and trying to look better and all that. Don't do that. Focus on what's on the inside because what's on the inside is not temporary. It's going to go on. And let me tell you at this point too, <clears throat> what's on the inside will survive whether you're saved or you're unsaved. Do you know that? That whether you're saved or you're unsaved, what's on the inside is going to go on. Because we were born with eternity in our souls and God has made us in his image. And you know what? <clears throat> we will live forever somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. That's the truth. That's the reality of Scripture. <clears throat> you know, so you can focus on the here and now. You can have all the fun you can get. You can make your life count for you right now. But if you miss out on the reality of this is just your tent, this is just temporary, all of it. If you miss out on that, if you don't plan for eternity, if you don't get saved, if you don't get born again, and you plan and live your life for the here and now, even as a believer, you may be saved, but you plan and live for the here and now, and you don't worry about eternity, you don't think about eternity, you'll have missed what you're here for. And you will miss it to your regret. You will miss it. You need, you need to recognize, you know, I'm just passing through. I am just passing through. One day, this will be over. I'm just passing through. And you need to live with eternity in your focus. Live with, the, live with that reality in your focus. <clears throat> Paul says that mortality might be swallowed up of life. One day, your mortality, if you're saved, is going to be swallowed up of life. And, and <clears throat> when we think of being mortal, what do, what do we think? Don't we think of when we're mortal, we're limited. We get sick, we grow old, we die, we can only do certain things. <clears throat> that mortality, this life get swallowed up of eternal life. Do you have eternal life now? Well, yes, if you're born again. But you know what? You're, you have eternal life housed in a mortal tent. So, you know, physically you have a mortal life, but when you die, you pass out of it and you pass into immortality. You pass into being with him. And by the way, <clears throat> you know what? Uh, with a body that wears out, you wouldn't want to be immortal, would you? But you know, when, when we step out of this body and we get our new bodies, we have a body that will be good forever. We have a body that won't wear out. <clears throat> we have a body that won't cause us problems. Do you know your resurrected body, when you get it, will never need sleep? There's no night in heaven. Isn't that amazing? You will never need to recharge your batteries. I know some of you like sleeping. You're thinking, oh man, that's bad. I like sleeping, right? You won't need sleep. You, you, you're ever in the middle of doing something and you realize, oh man, I've got to go to bed. You won't need sleep. You, you know your body will never get sick. It, it will just never get sick. You, you, know, it's not, you won't have to plan to have your vitamins because you know what? Your, your body will never get sick. It will never die. Your immortal body will be perfect and it will never grow old. Aren't you glad for that? It will never grow old. You will never find you got an ache in your knee. You got an ache in your back. You got a problem you got to deal with. Listen, it's never going to have any of those things. It's just going to be perfect from beginning to finish. Listen, this is all good. 
<clears throat> I know I'm making you face something you don't particularly want to face this morning, but, but it's all good. Because what we're looking at is something that's much better than what we've got now. The only thing is that we need to remember is, you know, remember, it's not about now. It's not about this tent that carries me around right now. It's not about this world, this life that carries me around right now. It's about eternity. I want to live like that's what's important. I want to live like that's where I'm going. I want to live for eternity. Then Paul says this. He says, we have the earnest of the Spirit. Now, he that had wrought us, now, he that had wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Now, what's an earnest? An earnest is something that you give somebody to say that you're an earnest. I was looking to buy gates for the candles up at home, and um, <clears throat> I wanted the guy to make them in a special way. And so he wants me to pay money up front. Why? Because he wants to be sure that when he does them, I'm going to take them. So the fact that I give him money ahead of time means I'll definitely take them off you when you've done them. He's not going to be left with them on his hands. He wanted earnest money. Now, we have the Holy Spirit as our earnest. Our earnest of what? <clears throat> our earnest that God is going to do what he said he would do. That God is actually going to give you this body. That God is going to accept you into, into his heaven. That God is going to uh, give you what he has promised he will give you. <clears throat> that God has actually put you in a place where, uh, <clears throat> where when it's all over, when it's finished here, when it's done and over, that you're going to go and be with him. He's given you an earnest. Now, what does that earnest look like or feel like? Well, you have the witness of the Spirit. Romans 8 tells us uh, that the spit, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That when you're saved, when you're born again, that the Spirit of God comes to dwell within you and that you have that witness that says, yeah, I'm His. How, how do I know I'm His? I could say, well, I know from the Scripture. But you know the reality of how we're sure that we're His? Because the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're His. I know I'm His. And what does that mean to me? That means I have the earnest. If he's given me his spirit, what he's done it, done it for is he's given me his spirit as the proof, as the earnest to show he's serious that he's going to do the rest. Now, what's the rest? Save me from my sin. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, and partially he's doing that right now. But when's the completion of it? See, there's, there's three senses in which Jesus died for us. Right? He died to break the, pay the penalty for our sin, didn't he? I will never have to go to hell and pay the price for my sin because Jesus died for me, and one day I received. I knelt before him, and I said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. Save me. And he did what he always does. He kept his word, and he did. He saved me. So he saved me from the penalty of sin. I will never have to go to hell because of what Jesus did. Okay? But you know what else he did? He, he, he broke the power of sin in my life. Now, it's not that I don't sin, but you know the reality? I don't have to sin. The relationship between me and sin is completely different than it was before I got saved. The power of sin has been broken in my life, and though I can choose, I still have a free will and can choose to sin, I don't have to sin. So he's broken the penalty of sin. He's broken the power of sin. But you know what else he's done? He's going to completely divorce me from sin and from this world and take me to be with him in heaven one day. And that's part of what he's promised to do in my life. And he's preparing me for eternity right now because one day I'm going to put all this behind me. And you know what? No, none of us are going to heaven. I'm going to be crying in heaven saying, oh, I wish I could go back and live in the world for a few more years. That was such fun. None of us are going back. No, no, none of us are doing that. 
Now, now listen, it might be fun for you right now, but you, when you get to heaven, it's going to be so much more fun that you're not going to think of anything back here as being fun. So there's the potential, the reality of what he's going to do. He's going to take me to be with him, and my life is going to be with him forever, and so shall I ever be with the Lord. And that's going to be a great day. But that's part of this salvation, this redemption that he's bought for me, that's potential right now, but he's going to make it real when I enter into being with him, when I know the power uh, 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 of the resurrection in a resurrection body. It's going to be totally different for me at that point. And that's what God is doing. He's given me the earnest of his spirit because he's doing something. You see, the earnest of the spirit is, is not an end in itself. Don't we sometimes feel like that? Well, just he gave us the Holy Spirit because that, that, <clears throat> that's what he wanted to do. No, it's an earnest. It's a promise that there's more to come. There's more to come. There's heaven. There's a resurrected body. There's more to come. He wants me to know in this life that there's more to come. And he's given me his spirit to show me that. A man in the middle of many painful trials took a walk in his neighborhood and saw a construction crew at work on a big church. He stood and watched a stone craftsman work a long time on a block. But he could not see where the block would fit because the church appeared to be finished. He watched the man work on the block carefully and methodically, slowly shaping it into a precise pattern. Finally, he asked, Why are you spending so much time chipping and shaping that block? The craftsman pointed up to the top of the nearly completed steeple, and he said, I am shaping it down here so it will fit up there. The man in the middle of the triads instantly knew what God's message to him was. He was being prepared down here so that he would fit in up in heaven. That's what God's doing in your life today. He's actually shaping you and preparing you for heaven. And part of the problem with us not wanting to face the reality of death and not wanting to face the reality of this life end, ending is that we focus much more on this life. And we do live in a generation that focuses much more on this life than many generations that have gone before us. And there's one simple reason. Though we don't like to admit it, life is actually better now than it's been for most of the generations that have gone before us. You take even infant mortality. You talk to people who are... <coughs> who lived in the early part of the 20th century. And you talk to them about how many babies died, and they will tell you how many babies. It was just incredible. Now, you know what? We just expect our babies to live because that's, that's the way it is. We expect them to live. And w- when they don't, we're, we're, we're terribly surprised. But you, you'll find a woman had 20 children sometimes in those days, and maybe 10 of them were lived. You know, <clears throat> and life is so much better now that we've lost much of the fact of how difficult it is, and we've lost with it the thought, hang on, there's something better coming. There's something better coming. Now, be careful, because God has a way in every one of our lives of bringing us into the place where eternity comes into into view very, very quickly and very sharply. And and let him do that. When God brings difficulties into your life, it's not to make life difficult for you. When God brings difficulties into your life, it's to help you focus on eternity. This is not your home. This body's not your, your <clears throat> not you. This is just a tent, and you're passing through here, and you're going to your home. You're going to your home <clears throat> that is with him, and he is preparing you for that home. So the things he does in your life are not inexplicable trials that just happen to fall on you. 
They are him preparing you for eternity, shaping you for eternity, because that's his plan. He's given you his Holy Spirit as the earnest. He's taking you to eternity, and he's working on you for it. And if you get that in your mind, it makes the trial so much easier to bear. You know, some of the trials that we face in life just don't go away, do they? They just don't quit. We get a difficulty come into our life, and it's just there. And it hangs there. You know what? That's okay. Because this is not me. This is just a tent I'm living in for the time being. And I'm going to eternity. And when I go to eternity, all of it's going to be fixed. All of it's going to be made right. Now, last point in our message this morning, right? And we need to catch this one. Being absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When I die, what will happen to me? You say, well, it's not important. I'm not going to think about that right now. No, it's very important to you. It'll be very important to you in that moment. And you know what? <clears throat> we have 100% certainty that everybody in this room will either die or be raptured. One or the other. We have, we, we have 100% cert- certainty on that. So one day, every one of us here, if the Lord <clears throat> doesn't rapture us, is going to face the reality of, of that we're dying. And in the moment that you die, what's going to happen next is going to be so important for you. Do you know that as a believer, you don't have to sorrow as other unbelievers do? And you don't have to fear death like people do either. Now, why don't you have to fear death? Because here's the reality. The moment you leave your body, you will be with the Lord. Let me, let, me, let me read the verse, and then I'll give you a picture. Right? Uh, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, Paul said he was confident. <clears throat> uh, he was willing. And he says it several times in the Scripture. He says he would rather leave this body and go to be with the Lord, but it was better for him to be with us. <clears throat> he says for him to live as Christ, and he, he says his, 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 he's living for Christ, he's serving Christ, but, but he would rather be with the Lord if he had his way. Now, <clears throat> we need to understand that uh, in the sense that Paul so clearly meant it. What he meant was, when I leave this body, I will instantly be with the Lord. And that needs to be your confidence. There are those that would shake that confidence in the children of God and have us believe there's some kind of a soul sleep that goes on for we don't know how long. Let me ask you, do you think Paul was talking here well? Uh, To be present, uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord after a few thousand years. uh, When I get my resurrected body, uh, then I'll go to be with the Lord. No, he wasn't. Paul knew that in the moment he closed his eyes, he was going to be with the Lord. He knew that for sure. He understood that for sure. Uh, As soon as he passed out of this world, he would be in the presence of the Lord. And we need to know that too. That in that moment that I pass out of this world, I will enter into his presence and I will be with him forever. And don't let anybody ever shake that up for you. Your body will go in a hole in the ground. Your body will be resurrected. When, when the Lord comes back, when the trump sounds, the Lord will resurrect your body and you will get, a, you will get your resurrection body. But until then, you will go into the presence of the Lord. Let me prove it for you. And there's so many ways you could prove it. Well, when the thief was dying on the cross, what did Jesus say to him? 
I tell you, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Do you know the moment you die, you're going to go to be with him? Now, listen, I don't don't want us to focus on it too much, because if you focus on it too much, you know, you end up wanting to go there, don't you? And that's the way he wants you to live. He wants you to live with a focus on, you know, that will be sweet. Now, now I want to live this life to the full. I want to live to be as old as I can and do as much as I can. But you know what? I know that whenever it ends, I'm going to be with him in that instant. I'm going to step into the presence of the Lord. I read a book, a fiction book, but it's a biblical fiction book, right? Uh, Joel Rosenberg wrote it. And... Um, <clears throat> He's telling the story uh, <clears throat> about this man who's been captured and he's in a North Korean prison and the Mossad, the, um, uh, the, the Israeli uh, secret service, actually go and they, uh, they, 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 they break into the prison and they, they're, they're bringing him out and putting him in a helicopter because there's a real danger because uh, <clears throat> an atomic bomb has just been sent towards, uh, it's in North Korea that he's in. And it says this at the end of the book. It says he saw a blinding flash, the bomb hitting, and then he saw Jesus. That's the way it will be for you and I. That's the way it will be. We will step out of this life and we will enter into his presence. Now listen, I don't like the idea of getting sick. I don't like the idea of dying. But oh, I so want to be with him. I so long to be with him. And you know what? I think I can go through that in the knowledge that I'm going to be with him. I think I can go through, through that in the knowledge that to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Let me, let me assure you, that's what the scripture says. That's what's going to happen in, to you one of those days. If you're saved, if you're born again, you're going to step out of this tent. It's going to be dissolved, taken down, no big deal. And you're going to be in the presence of the Lord. And that should color everything. It's funny, right now as I'm saying this, the older ones of you are nodding. You're, kinda, uh, you're kind of excited about that. The younger ones of you are thinking, oh, bring it another day, Pastor. Right? <clears throat> but, but, but know this, right? It's for all of us. Because there's coming a day all too soon, maybe much younger than you think, when you're going to step out of this tabernacle, step out of this tent, and you're going to be present with the Lord. And you won't be looking back longingly in that day. You'll be happier than you've ever been in this world. You'll be happier in his presence than it's possible to be in this world. A couple of things you need to be sure of. First of all, you need to be sure that you're his right now. Are you saved? Are you born again? Is there that, has there been that point in your life where you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you became his? Are you sure? Are you absolutely certain, no doubt, no question in your mind that you're his? It's important that you are. And if you're not, then make it sure. Do you know how everybody in this room got saved? Sooner or later, they realized they were a sinner. They realized their sin had a price. They realized they deserved help, but they also realized that Jesus paid the price for their sin. And they put their trust, their dependence upon him, and he did it. And you could do that today too. You could do that before you leave this place today. Many times people come into church unsaved on their way to hell and walk out of church saved and on their way to heaven. 
Not because of what happens in church, but because of what happens in their hearts. They come to trust in Jesus Christ. Second thing is this. If you're a believer and you're living in this world, <clears throat> you know what? This is true for you. You're, you're going to step out of this life and you're going to step into his presence. But the years between now and that moment count. How do they count? Now, we'll look at it in much more detail next week when we talk about the judgment seat of Christ. But they count in that as you live for him now, it's not just that you get a better life. You get a better eternity. What you're doing is you're storing up rewards for eternity. Rewards that will affect you for all of eternity. Rewards that will affect what you're doing in heaven. Now, I can't give you specifics because the Bible doesn't give us many specifics, but it does tell us this. There are rewards. So here's what you need to do. You need to live your life in the here and now with one eye on that day, with one eye on eternity because you're going to be with him and this tent is going to get dissolved and you're going to step into life. Mortality is going to be swallowed up of life and you're going to live for eternity and what you're doing right now and in these days, months and years that you have is going to have an impact on eternity. So live for him. Make him the center. Make him the focus. Live for him. Don't live for you. Don't waste this few short years you've got on you, on this tent, on enjoying what's here. Recognize you're going to step into eternity and live like that's reality because that is reality. You see, we walk by faith, not by sight. What is faith? Faith is living as though the invisible things are true and real. Faith is living as though eternity is true and real. Even though I'm standing on terra firma and I'm living a real life amongst real people, real things around me, I'm recognizing, no, eternity is more real than all of that. And I live with an eye on heaven, I'll be more useful down here and I'll earn rewards for up there. So two thoughts as we close. First of all, are you saved? If you're not saved, make today the day. And secondly, are you living your life today like eternity is where you're going? Like one of those days, soon. And in terms of eternity, even if you have another 70 years, it's still soon. One of those days soon, you're going to drop this tent and you're going to step into the presence of the Lord and you're going to live with him forever in the light of what you've done and what you're doing right now. Let's stand for prayer. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with, Lord, clearly with the things of heaven. Now, Lord, would you work in our hearts and lives? Would you Help us, Lord, as we look to you today. Lord, if there's one that's not saved today, Lord, may today be the day that they would trust you. And, oh, Lord, for your people, Lord. Lord, may we live as though eternity counts. Let me ask you those two questions. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. You're here this morning and you say, I'm not saved, but you know what I want? I want to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior today. If you lift your hand, what I'll do is I'll get somebody to talk to you after the service and help you to see from the Scripture what that means so that you can trust Christ. Anybody here this morning, you would say, I'm not saved, but I want to be. Would you just lift your hand?
Anybody at all? Okay. If you're not saved, and if you're afraid to raise your hand right now, I would encourage you, listen, talk to somebody about that today. Do not let this thing go, because you don't know how long life is. Second thing is, for those of you that are saved, would you say this this morning, the Lord has spoken to me, I want to live like eternity matters. I want to change my focus and not live just for the here and now. I want to live like eternity matters. I want to serve him because eternity matters. Would you lift your hands so I can pray for you? Amen. 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 See those hands. Amen. It's not about the here and now, folks. It's about eternity. Father, would you bless? Lord, would you put your hand upon us? Blessed Spirit of the living God, would you speak loud and clear in hearts and lives that we might know and understand, Lord? Uh, your way and what you want of us and that we might plan for eternity and live effectively in the here and now. And oh Lord, may the resurrection, may, uh, <clears throat> may that day uh, be precious in our hearts as it is in yours. In Jesus' name, amen.